Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Paula Grooms. Paula, welcome to the show. Hi, Ken. It's great to have you here. And mm. I want to let everybody know about your background because not everybody in the world does yet, but we're working <laughs> on it. Um, right. Yeah. So Paula Grooms is a dating and relationship coach, and she's also a master's level social worker with nearly 20 years of professional experience. And she has a new book. It's called Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. And it's designed to help women in love become the one in one year or less, all without sacrificing, struggling, or settling. So, Paul, this is really a great topic. I'm, I'm curious, can you give us a little glimpse into how you got started doing this work? It's really interesting because um, I was thinking about that in anticipation of our speaking, and I wish it were this, you know, unbelievable, like, fun, interesting story, um, but it's really a compilation of years of my own um, relationship uh, ups and downs, roller coaster, and my professional um, experience of uh, supportive counseling with um, men and women, and just my entire experience in life that um, led me to this um, interesting place of being a dating and relationship uh, expert and coach and author. So that kind of sums it up. Um, maybe a few questions here and there, I can I can kind of clarify it, but um, that's really what what's happened for me. It's been it's been I've been coming to it and feel like this is my life's work. Nice. Nice. Awesome. That's fantastic. So I wanted to ask you because like you said, you're 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 a dating and relationship coach and, and as you know, we're here on Speaking of Partnerships, so we focus on, you know, the partnership piece of things. And I, I was wondering, for you personally, what, what do you find to be kind of like your guiding principle? I, I call it a guiding principle. Some people call mm -hmm. it a quote or a mantra or a touchstone. But what's that thing that you always come back to whenever you feel like, yeah, you kind of got off the path in partnership? Mm-hmm. Um, not so much getting off the path, but maybe so. Um, in a way, it is about the guiding principle is always respect, uh, because a man must respect where you are in the course of wanting a committed relationship, and whether or not he's there is um, is of course the key issue for women. Um, in other words, I have one of the um, two principles in my book um, are about understanding where a man is in his timeline of being ready, willing, and able to commit. And I have a set of criteria that outlines 
um, and a test that a woman can take at any time in a relationship to see if a man is ready and most importantly willing to commit because um, I don't know if you um, uh, have heard this old saying Ken um, men uh, excuse me women marry when they meet the right man men marry when it's the right time hmm. and what that old saying really means is that um, it's it's important for a man to be ready in a way that a woman will be ready when she falls in love love has little to let alone has little to do with a man committing men do not commit through love alone men have to be in a place in their life and a time where they are ready to take on a responsibility the responsibility they see commitment as being so one of my go ahead i'm well, sorry i was just going to say I, i'm i'm curious though because I like what you're saying there, and I was wondering, you started out with saying that respect was kind of the foundation. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. Well, um, that a man has to respect that, let me go back. My, it's, I call it my consumer versus buyer relationship. Mm-hmm. And men um, love all women. In other words, um, a man will consume as much time, attention, and affection as a woman is willing to give him for as long as she's willing to give it with no intention of committing necessarily. And he can love her. Consumers are not bad men. They are just men who are not uh, fitting the criteria of a buyer. And what the criteria entails is that a man be at a place in his life in terms of his career needs being at a certain place, his financial means to take on the responsibility of a possible wife and children that might come from a union. And he has to have met um, other um, advocational interests. And he also must feel that the woman he is going to commit to will keep him keep him interested enough and desirous enough so that his natural inclination to go towards other women um, will be um, will be uh, lessened or at bay at least so that he can stay committed and so that he can live out his decision in a way that's easiest for him. So in terms of the respect, that comes in where if a man is a consumer, um, and again, a woman can take a test to see where her man falls on the scale of being a consumer or buyer, that he respects her um, time frame or her love for the man being so much that she wants commitment, but he's not ready. And that he's just easily can walk away from that relationship and let her go and find her buyer. Got it. That's <laughs> a mouthful, right? Yeah. Well, I'm, I want to ask you about something because um, you were talking about, you know, him being at that stage, mm-hmm. whether it be career or whatever other places in his life. 
What I'm curious about, Paula, is I talk to women all the time who will tell me, well, he's just at this point, he's not ready. Mm-hmm. And when I ask them, oh, did you ask him that? They're like, no. Right. So they're making this extrapolation, maybe even based on your information, right? Oh, there must meet these criteria. So they're deciding for him if he's ready. Um, yes, I, I coach my women to, to ask. Mm-hmm. See, women want to kind of live in that idea, and here's the problem, that love alone is enough, mm-hmm. um, which it's not. A man can love you to death for as long as you're willing to give your time, attention, and affection with no intention of ever committing mm-hmm. if things are not aligned for him. So the asking, it's I coach it. In, it's in the way that you ask it. Mm-hmm. Um, my test allows a woman to kind of, kind of get with the program and see where he possibly is on that scale, mm-hmm. so that she can like. Um, because if she's in love, she thinks that time alone will change him from a consumer into mm-hmm. a buyer, mm-hmm. and that does not happen. Time alone is never enough to change a consumer into a buyer. That's a really good point. <laughs> as I love as a man saying that. And when I get to speak with men like yourself, which I want to give you kudos for being a man who's interested in talking about relationships, because so many men have a very difficult time doing that or have any interest in it. You know, I, I, I wouldn't agree with that. Okay. I think it gets approached as, like you said, it's how you ask these questions, how you yes. dive into this. Uh, I'll give you a great example. I was having uh, dinner with a couple last night. They're both single. They don't know each other. Uh, we all met on a hike. And mm-hmm. he was by far more interested in talking about relationships than she was. Hmm. An and he's anomaly. just a regular guy. I don't know where he came from. You know, it's no mm-hmm. no criteria that he met. He just was this regular guy I met. And mm-hmm. I find that happens much more than not. And it may be because I'm a guy, you know, mm-hmm. providing the mm-hmm. questions as opposed to a woman. And now there's two women right. going, what, are we, what do you think about relationships? Where are you going to commit? You know, and he's like, oh, I'm being blasted. Um, right. So... It's, and by the way, that's not how a woman should be asking. <laughs> no, not at all. You're absolutely right. right. However, this is great, great direction. So I'm sure you've seen this, right? Well, when you get to the point, if a woman's sitting there going, she's frustrated because he's not committing, mm-hmm. there's so much energy behind her inquiries mm-hmm. that they are charged. That's right. You better get this answer right. Yes, and and it is a very tenuous position to put a man in. He has to know that she is self-possessed enough to accept the real answer, where he really is. Yes. Because another another thing that I find, and I've coached a lot of men as well, mm-hmm. that in our Judeo-Christian society or even just our society without any, um, you know, all over the world that what is a man and what a man is first and foremost when he's a good man is that he wants to be nice and kind 
to women and children, and he doesn't want to hurt them. And men, I find in general, and this is through years of coaching women and hearing the issues, is that they don't want to hurt a woman by telling her the honest truth when it is, you know, I care for you, I love you, but you're not going to be the one. That's very difficult for a man to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, because when he knows a woman loves him, it's very, very difficult. So men can distance and avoid the discussion, and sometimes they are unclear. And so it's hard for them to give that definitive answer as well. And I think that's what my test helps with, because um, it helps the woman see where he likely is on that scale um, without kind of making it all up in her mind because she's in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's really important is, you know, it is that filter, right? Yes. How you're experiencing it. So I'm curious because I, I don't know your quiz, but um, is the quiz something that he answers or she answers? No, she does. So she's yeah. answering based on what? based on the relationship she's experiencing. Okay. Because when a man's a consumer or a buyer, he does certain particular things in the relationship mm-hmm. that that are very telling um, to, and I have uh, four categories into which the man can fall. An ultimate consumer, a mixed messages consumer, a prospective buyer, and a bona fide buyer. And truly for uh, most men when they are when they are all in and they are committed men are vi- what's lovely is that they're very straightforward and for the most part and that they will they will show a woman what it is that they really want a woman has to not have blinders on by her love to see what it really is so that she doesn't waste her time with a man who will not commit no matter how much he cares for her got it so it's it's about what he's actually doing or how he's showing up in the relationship that's right interesting okay cool i like that yes yeah yep um i was nervous because i thought it was gonna be like what she thinks he's thinking and i'm like well how's that gonna work no (laughs) that's a train wreck right no that won't work (laughs) yeah exactly but that's what most people are doing well i think he thinks this i think he means that yeah how do you know what he thinks yes and that's you're right that so many women um they they are because this is what women do you know we are the we, I say it's the three C's of women, the three C's of men. The three C's of women is that we are all about cooperating, connecting, and caretaking. And again, everything I say is in gross generalities. Um, men are about challenge. Um, um, oh my gosh, I, I forgot the, thir- the second word. Uh, um, challenge and conquering. And the, the issue is, is very different. Men need to be, in some ways, um, vying for a woman's time, attention, and affection, especially in the beginning. Because um, without doing that, um, men don't feel that they're, um, 
they're even providing what it is that a woman um, wants in a man. And they, the woman needs, the man, excuse me, needs to feel that when he gets that woman's time, attention, and affection, that he's gotten a real prize or won a pennant or whatever challenge, you know, is, um, is for him mm-hmm. is of value. Men value what it is that they work to achieve. Are you listening, ladies? (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you something, Paula. Um, One of the things that our our listeners love about the show is our guests are incredibly generous in in sharing their own personal journeys, personal Mm -hmm. experiences. And I'd love to have you share with us a time in your life when... Maybe you kind of tripped up in a partnership and, and just give us a brief story of, you know, what were you doing? What did you trip on? And ultimately, what did you learn from that experience that helped you move forward? Mm-hmm. Well, the, you could take out the kind of tripped up. You could put like <laughs> majorly, disastrously okay. <laughs> tripped up and wasted years of my life. Um, because I believed that men commit out of love alone. And when I felt love coming from a man, I put that filter through my own filter as a woman. Mm-hmm. Because um, women view commitment as a natural outgrowth of love. Men view commitment as a responsibility. So it's very, very different in how men um, decide to make their commitment decisions. So I was with a man for many years, not my husband, I was married, um, but after that, um, and I was making concessions for the actions he was giving me because I felt I understood him and connected to the why he was doing the things he was doing. Mm-hmm. And that filter really isn't like, it, it, it's just doesn't, it doesn't work. Because um, it needs to be much more straightforward and it needs to come from him. And finally, when I did ask in that way, it was very clear. Yes, I care about you, but you're not going to be the one. Yeah, that's uh, such an important point. And I know we've touched on it earlier, but it, it really is. Is, you know, if you're just making up his answers... Right. You're building your relationship on a fairy tale, a story. And Absolutely. usually the answers we make up are made up from our fears of what the real answer might be. So we go, I'll just assume I know what he's going to say. Yes, I love that. So we're it's actually making true. a foundation that's false. Right. Building a house on sand. Yeah. And, and ultimately what happens is we end up starting to believe he actually said it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've had women, I've asked them over, I'll be like, did, did he say this? Well, you know, I'm like, no, did the words come out of his mouth? Right. And they're like, oh, well, no. I'm like, but you've been telling me he said this. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I guess I kind of forgot. And if the, the man doesn't feel safe to say, because here's the thing, because men enjoy women in a way that, and I'll just say it, that Women don't enjoy men. In other words, a man, let's take it back to just dating. Men 
tend to again and you're going to be an anomaly simply because I I know that from what you do for a living mm-hmm. um, that you're not going to be a, a, a man to you're going to go much deeper and you're going to connect things and uh, in a way that many men it's just not in their DNA so to speak um, because they are more about um, going out in the world and we go back to the cavemen, you know, and going out and, and um, uh, killing the wild boar and bringing it back to the cave. Um, so it's, it's difficult for um, the man to, again, go back and, and hurt the woman if he doesn't feel that she's not going to create drama conflict chaos when he tells her the truth that's she's got to provide that safe space for him to be able to relate to her in a way that is going to feel authentic and yet he's not going to get this barrage of um uh difficulties coming after that so this is a really interesting thing, Paula, because, I mean, how do you advise our listeners to, uh, to create that safe space? Mm. Well, that is why I think coaching is so profound and getting someone who's really understanding of um, not just these dynamics of men and women that we're talking about, mm-hmm. but that we all bring stuff to our relationships. And I tell this to all of my clients in my programs, that generally they they get to it as well, that the work isn't about him, it's about you. Meaning it's about us. Mm -hmm. If we are centered and have all of the wherewithal to deal with our own stuff and have come to a place of at least dealing with it and being so self-aware and understanding things, then A, we will attract a man who is as well, more readily. And then secondarily, when we do have these conversations, they are in a much more uh, calm, confident, capable way that allows a man to feel safe and to feel that he can be himself to come forward with actually who he really is with his needs, his wants, his goals in relationship. That's great. I, I, I love that. And, and I wanted to, to say something here because I, I, want, I know the majority of my listeners are women. Mm-hmm. I want you to understand, ladies, he also has to do his work. This isn't just to you, because that's what I always hear. Right. Well, how come I have to do everything? It's like, no, you're the only one you can impact. That's right. You can't change him. His job is to take care of his business. And just like Paula said, when you get your ducks in a row and you're showing up as your best self, well, now, guess what's who's going to be attracted to that? Somebody right. else who's done their work. You're not going to keep attracting the guys that are not a match because you're not showing up as your best. You're showing up with this whatever it happens to be guardedness you've got these filters going on you've decided you already know how it's going to go you've already decided mm-hmm. you, no guy's going to commit what's the point right well, guess who you're going to attract the guy who matches that 
Yes. So yes, that's a big Doing yes. the work is not just about, well, women have to do all the work. And please understand this, because I hear this from women all the time. They're like, well, why aren't there more guys at these workshops? Because guys don't do their training that way. Men don't need groups to learn. Men are very solitary. They are. So Absolutely. we do our own thing, and you're not going to see right. them at the workshop because they're not looking for that community. They don't need to connect. It's so funny. I was, I was uh, talking to a colleague of mine, and they were putting together a workshop for, for men. And one of their big things was, we're going to have this Facebook group, and you'll be able to connect. And I said, there's not a single guy who's going to show up on that. <laughs> Yes. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, guys aren't looking to connect and keep this thing going. They're going to come in, they're going to do their work, and they're going to leave. That's right. And they were marketing to the men like they had marketed to women. Mm. And so it's like, that's why it doesn't work. The guys are like, I don't, I'll never sign up for that. That's right. Because that's we right. do it differently. Right. So don't be sitting there going, men aren't doing their work because they don't do it the way I do it. That's yes. a falsehood. And we get trapped in there and then we start going, well, there's no guys doing this because, look, I'm at these things. There's three guys and they're all married to the person they're with. And, and here's the thing that I tell women is that, you see, men are not invested in this type of thing until they commit. Once they are committed, you have a different, you know, that saying all the good ones are married. Mm hmm. It's that the natural inclination of men is I do that when I commit because then I have something that is continually worthy. I've made a decision and I want to live up to that decision. Is is very it's a very male kind of thing. Women mm -hmm. women live through their feelings, men live through their decisions. And it's a very different, um, it's a different orientation that is, again, in generalizations, yin and yang, night and day, male and female. Mm -hmm. And we have to give over to that and love men for that. Because once a man makes a decision to commit, he is a committed man. So I call it being the mechanic of a relationship. For a woman, because you were alluding to the fact that it's not all about the woman. Mm -hmm. Here's what I believe is at play, and I deal with this in um, my GPS program that's all about getting to the destiny of commitment. That if in a metaphorical car, that's the relationship, generally a woman with a real car wants to just get in it looks good we um it's comfortable interior we turn the key it always works we just put gas in it and then every three thousand miles we do an oil change we don't care how the pistons run and the fuel injector goes into the engine we don't want to get under the car and look at it from every different angle and get all greasy and cold on the cement floor of the garage men with a car, they like to know, again, in generalizations, how the car works and how it runs and all the interactions of the cool engine and different parts of it. And if they can, if they have the time, they'll go out into the garage with their buddies and get under the car and look at it and deal with a, uh, a car that's not running and they'll fix it. We, as the women, we get under the car of, the, of a relationship. And we know more generally how things work 
and how they need to happen and what needs to go into it to make the car run. And if we don't do that in a way that is inviting to the man and makes him feel good and solid and accomplished and capable and all of that, we all have a car that's off the road. We cannot expect to, for him to be the mechanic of the relationship as much as he could take us out under the real car and be showing us what's wrong with it, why it doesn't work. If we had to get out in that garage every time something happened in the, in the relationship and look under that car and get all greasy and cold, we would hate it. And we don't want to make our men have to do that in our relationship or they will hate it. So when we take the lead in a feminine, unique way that allows us to be the mechanic, the metaphorical car will run really well and for the long distance. There you go, ladies. You've got a brand new metaphor. Yes. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Thank you, Paula. Absolutely. So I want to ask you, because we're getting towards the end of the show, and I want to ask you for a couple of little sound bites, if you will, that we can we can mm -hmm. send our listeners off with. And one of the things I would like to ask is, what what do you feel is like the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received? Um, it wasn't really advice, but it was a great um, um, something that a male client of mine told me that I really liked um, because he was um, he came to me after working with a a therapist and it was a really lovely saying that he was working on um, actually he and his wife were divorcing and the the metaphor was um, uh, that it's not about building a garden together what a marriage is a partnership is is you having your garden and your partner having his or her garden, but you appreciate and partake of the garden of the other. So if yours is flowers, his might be vegetables, but you appreciate, encourage, support, in every way, enjoy the garden of the other, but allow the other to go forward in their garden. And I just love that because it was, it was just a, a really great way of saying you don't have to have this garden and be enmeshed in the other person's garden. And that's what makes for strong uh, partnership that is um, you're on this journey together and enjoying the other person's gifts and, and what they bring to a relationship. That's, I love that. That's a great metaphor. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Really so, nice. So let me ask you another thing. Other than your book, because we've been talking about that a bit, but other than that, what's another book or resource you'd recommend for our listeners and why? Mm -hmm. um, I, well, I got um, into this in a way by um, connecting again after a, uh, a, a relationship went south because I was, a, I was with a consumer who was lovely and wonderful, but he was in no way ready to be a buyer. And I, I allowed myself to believe erroneously that he was. 
And I got out of that relationship, I got back into um, The Rules by Ellen Fine and Sherry Schneider. That's an older book, uh, but you can still get it. It's still published. It's still going strong. Any book by um, The Rules group, Not Your Mother's Rules, um, all of that, is that um, I got to be a rules coach. I became a, a certified rules coach. And then I uh, subsequently, uh, a couple of years later, I wrote my book and Ellen and Sherry read it and they wrote the foreword to my book where they tell the how I go into more of the why. Interesting. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's so wonderful to talk to a man again that like, <laughs> is into it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, yeah. you know, obviously we, we barely scratched the surface here. So could you do us a favor? Let, let our listeners know how they could contact you or learn more about your work. Sure. Um, whywon'thecommit.com is the easiest way. All of my stuff is there. You know, the book is in every bookseller, um, but you can also buy the book online. And, I mean, on my website and um, and my test. You can get to that to test your man, uh, where he stands on being the scale of being a consumer versus a buyer, um, and just connect with me there. And all my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube is there as well. So that's why won't he commit dot com. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And and thank you for being on the show. You've shared some really, really great insights. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was wonderful to speak with you. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.